it's us again. Hello again. Welcome back to Smellulator, <laughs> your favorite podcast about sense and etiquette. And boys. Boy. <laughs> I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> this is a wedding podcast. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. It's Wednesday, and I've been out of my fucking mind all week. So Why? It's only Wednesday. It's, uh, no, it is all self-inflicted, and it's boring, and I will not complain, because I brought it on myself. I just have been very busy, which is great, but... Yeah, I got to work this morning and whatever. It's it's just, I've just not had a minute to breathe and that's fine. Wow. I'm the opposite. <laughs> All I've been doing is breathing. All I've been doing is breathing and nothing. <laughs> just kidding. That's not true. It's a lot of me just whenever I have weeks where there's like two days in a row where I don't have things scheduled, I panic. Yeah. Because I'm just oh, sure. like, I don't know. I structure my days around the things I have to do. So I'm like, sure. oh, if I have an event at night, I have such and such amount of time to get this one thing done. But if you don't give me those parameters, I will never do the thing because I'm like, I don't have the structure. It's like how they say, well, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Well, if you have two days with nothing going on, you panic. Whereas I, I remove the middleman and I'm just always panicking. So... <laughs> It's not that I, like, there are definitely things I need to be doing. Like, I need to be doing my manuscript edits, which I am. But, like, I'm, like, rereading the original drafts, and I'm like, what the fuck is this bullshit? Yeah. So it's, like, kind of just a horror to unearth them, even though it was only, what, like, September, last September when I submitted them. And I'm like, what horrors lie in these drafts? (laughs) You know, it's always weird to read your shit back, especially when... I know September is not a long time, but it's enough time to go back to something and be like, I'm a fully different bitch by now. No, know? completely. I feel like a totally different person yeah. now. So I'm just like, what the heck? I mean, I'm a big, big believer that groundbreaking opinion here, but like that as a writer, even if it's like editorial or just like brand copywriting, like you will always get the best work if you let me sleep on it one night mm. you know even even if it's just a draft of basically nothing and i go yep. home look at it first thing the next day i'll make one tweak that makes it so much better and then and turn it in but that's how i like to work and yeah anytime someone's like i need this asap i need this by the end of the day i'm like that's not how this happens like you and can't it's just gonna be shit well yeah so you can't point at someone and be like okay be creative and, and yeah. i don't know it's like do you want it done or do you want it good but things like that like you're doing not that i've ever written a fucking book but even like i'll look at an old article i've written to reference something to like grab a link and i'm like huh so that's what i said (laughs) you know that's what i tried huh oh my god oh my god i was at the point of i don't know why i'm like panicking there's no really tight deadlines at this point but like i had a panic moment where i think i was just hitting a wall with like one particular chapter that i just couldn't parse like how how to fix this and like Mm -hmm. i was like i know what i'll do I'll do what all the tech bros do. Drugs. <laughs> I wondered if we were going to get... Okay. Take it away, Sable. <laughs> attempted attempted to micro-D. Stop talking in halves. You took mushrooms. Just one. Just one mushroom. Just a mushroom. A tiny was one. Was it like a, a chocolate? No, it was like a pill. Like a capsule. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh um, my God. We're cutting this out. It totally backfired. Fuck tech bros who like lie about this shit. Because it was like, I love microdosing for creativity. It really makes me good at the, the things that I do. And I'm like, no, this did not make me good at the things that I do. But what it did make me was like a cartoon character just walking around town. I don't know why. I was like, I need to be moving. I need to be walking around. So I just walked. It was a really nice day in the neighborhood. It was like Saturday. Everybody was out and about because it's a weekend and a nice day. Wait, I, I just, thought it was yesterday. Maybe it was Sunday or Monday. It was Monday because it's President's Day. It was like you're right. It was Monday. Okay, a, a fake Monday. Mm-hmm. And then all I did was walk around and spend money. Like, since when are mushrooms capitalists? What the hell? I could tell by that mirror selfie you posted and just the way you were smiling. I was <laughs> like, she is high. It was silly. It was very silly. I know. I found this uh, dope sweater though at a thrift store, so I'm very pleased about that. That like Pooji sweater. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. what everybody was saying. And then I was like, what are you talking about? And then I looked it up. And I was like, oh, it's, it's not Kuji. Yeah. It's like some other random ass vintage nothing brand. But it's cute, though. Yeah, it, it was very cute. I was very pleased to find it. But I was walking around. I don't know why I was just following my feet. And I ended up at the Glossier store on North 6th. God, <laughs> this gets worse and worse. I know. And then I just like walked in. 
walking around. It just like smelled nice. There was like they they were like Abercrombie fiercing the store where you just could fucking smell Glossier you pumping out of the store. So I was like yeah. following my nose, and I was like, it smells like girls in here. And then the, it was busy, but like I don't understand why anyone fucking buys anything in there because you have to like track down a pink jumpsuit and be like, put into the iPad the thing I want, and then someone else will like bring it at a counter. I think it's stupid personally, but like. I don't know. The whole time I was like, do they know that I'm I? Then I was like, no, you guys need help. Not me. This is a rehab podcast. This is a, no, I think it's, <laughs> mushrooms are fine. You can do mushrooms. Do mushrooms. Try it out. No, no, no. Don't do drugs. <laughs> We're, this is not, I'm not doing this. We do not have a legal team. We cannot be out here. I don't think it's illegal. To, it's not illegal to say that. It's illegal to me. Anyway, the myths are false. It did not make me more creative. But it did make me think I'm a lot funnier than I am, which is a danger. You're, you're pretty. But funny. I was having a great time just like hanging out with myself. So in that regard, a nice day was had. Good. But otherwise, nothing got fucking done. Have you done any of your manuscript edits since then? Not yes. on mushrooms, hopefully. I okay. have. Great. And it's 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 a slow chip. It's just a slog. But okay. we'll see. I don't know. It's always weird to work on a long form project because it's just like you at home alone. Yeah. Doing this, not having mm-hmm. anything to show for it until like several years later. That is a scary process to yeah, me. Yeah. It's weird. It feels very odd. I guess because we both, you know, came up in the digital age where yeah. you write an article and then like two weeks later it comes out and you're like, here it is. And or like the next day. <laughs> yeah. And then like your dopamine receptors are just like flooded that day. And then the next day yeah. you're like, empty again. Yeah. I guess I have to write another article so I can share it. I, I made a deal with like myself, the devil and God, that if I was going to do editorial this year, it was going to be only shit that I actually wanted to yeah. write about no matter what. And I'm doing that. And yeah. I'm right, right now I've been juggling like, my one big consistent freelance client and another one that is big and consistent but newer, which has been great. But I have been working on this thing that I've been telling you about and it's coming together well, Yeah. but slowly but surely because it's like, it is their priority. So it's always the thing I tackle last. So by the time I open the document, it's like 11 PM and I'm like running on fumes and I'm like, does any oh, of God. this make any fucking sense? Um, oh, no. And like, it's good. Like, it's good. I'm happy with it. And I'm happy with how it's going. But it's just like a slow roll. But I'm like a third of the way through it. And I was trying to like make this section gel with itself last night. And I just like couldn't get it. And I knew, like, I kept being like, it's good. And it wasn't the content. It was like the hierarchy of, of it, the ordering, I suppose. Yeah. And I was like, it's good. And I was like, this isn't right. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah. And I, it's, like, laid... it's very when you know, you know, even with exactly. your own writing. Yeah. And like I laid down at 1230 and I shut my eyes and I was like, I've got it. So I like whipped out my phone again. I opened a fucking Google Doc on my phone and was <laughs> like copying and pasting these big chunks. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And like, I feel great about it now, but now I'm afraid to open the document. <laughs> After a point, self-editing, you just have to stop. You just have to decide this is good enough. And then, I like, just have to like put everything aside on a weekend and look at it with fresh eyes. You know what I mean? They can't also that, sleep priority. on it. Yeah, exactly, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. I need to start pitching more editorial things because I realize that I'm poor and I'm like, wait, I need to spend at least $20 a day on treats. So <laughs> I need... I had my I'd, seven croissants We a need day. to refill the coffers here because, oh my God. <laughs> I actually got pitched an idea today that I really love and I went back and forth on it I kind of said no. And then right before I sent the email, I was like, no, I actually do want to write this. Yeah. But I was like, I, I know timelines are, I know you want this soon. How's end of March? <laughs> and they're like, uh, let's, let's get back to you. And I was like, okay. Which well, fair, but let, I'm, I'm crossing my fingers for that. Yeah. I recently turned down an assignment that was a lot of money because it's a brand that I was, I, I told myself, I'm like, I don't think I want to work with them again because they're so fucking annoying. Oh, I know who. And I'm like, it's just not worth it. And like, as soon as I like get the emails, I just like, I'm filled with dread. Yeah. And I'm like, this is spiritually draining. But like the fee that they proposed for this, I was like, fuck. Wait, that we can lot. edit it out. How much was okay. it? Okay.
You said no to that? It's never just the asks. It's the thousands and thousands of email threads mm-hmm. and just like the millions of approvals. And I'm like, I haven't even got in yet. And like, I'm already just dreading this so much. So to punish myself <laughs> for turning down that much money, I'm like, okay, I need to pitch a fuck ton of articles that would amount to this money. And that's not actually that hard to do. I'm going to cut out everything you said to just right there. Okay. I just think that's the only way we're going to get out of this live. Yes. I, um, so. <laughs> I applaud you for taking care of yourself. And that's where I'm going to end that sentence. <laughs> you and I look at things, and I mean this genuinely, it's not like a joke <laughs> and it's not. I, you and I look at things so differently. I know, however, I know. however, you have taught me to be much more of a bulldog in like every sense of like yeah. asks negotiations. Mm-hmm. And like nobody fucked with me before, but now they certainly don't fuck with me. Um, well, so thank yeah. you, Sable Young. I mean, not for nothing, but like in media, we're constantly underpaid, constantly undervalued. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not even that good shit. Like what what is offered to us is not that exciting in the long run. Mm-hmm. So part of me is just like, look, if I don't want to do this and this isn't doing that much for me, like either pay me more or fuck off. Yeah. And it's yeah. worked out pretty well. I'm not going to say. It's true. So don't do shit that you don't want to do for cheap. Do shit you don't want to do for extremely expensive only. Well, that's also like what I always tell people. It's like, this is a brand. Like, yeah. if this is like the small business that you frequent, that you see the owners exactly. every day and yeah, like yeah. you see like the money being handed over. Like, no, this is a brand. Yeah. Ask if it's like a tr- yeah. they're offering. If it's a true collaboration with like somebody you actually support and like believe in, cool. That's great. But dude, if it's just like, a fucking shell company brand yeah. who's going to make more money off of you than you'll ever fucking make from them. Exactly. Then, Always yeah. remember, these brands yeah. are not your friends. No. And I have no fucking aspirations to Moonlight as an influencer. In this age, no. in this in this economy of de-influencing... <laughs> oh my God, don't, don't, we're not going down I loved road. your tweet. I loved your tweet. Oh my God, I'm just like, shut up. Oh shut God. up. Oh my God. Like... Like, congratulations on your new word of the week. Like, this is still, like, so we're talking shit about influencers, but now we're talking, like, but now we're de-influencing, which is still influencing. It's 2015 all over again. Benefits back, Tarts flying people to Dubai, Jeffree Star is a racist. Like, we're we're hating influencers while sucking their dicks. I'm like, not, like time is a flat circle. YouTube's back. Oh, God. It's true. It's true. There's no such thing as de-influencing. And I'm like, every post is a performance and an ad. And, and this is a genuine question. And like, I would never, you know, talk shit about Gen Z or whatever, because like, they're very smart. Shout out to them. But like, is it because they didn't see it the first time? Like, do they do they not know who like <laughs> James Charles is? I don't know. But I'm just like, oh, you're not doing what you think you're doing. And you think you're doing so much. There's not a lot critical thought. I'm just like, you know, you can actually form your own opinion, right? Like yeah. it doesn't ha- you don't have to see it on a TikTok. Everything is very reactionary in that world. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. They're not like and responding, also- they're reacting. Okay. I've got to get off this topic. I'm mad. I've been mad all week. Oh no, we've triggered Tynan. We've okay. <laughs> okay. We'll bring it back to the podcast. Tynan, what do you smell like today? Quick. I said I was going I referenced this last week and I said I was going to talk about it next time we gathered here. Mm-hmm. So I am I am wearing Exalte by Funmi Monet, our friend, uh, produced by Bella Ora. And I do not know what Bella Ora is respectfully, but I should not talk shit. And I'm not because they're the ones who actually sent this to me. So I, they reached out to me maybe two weeks ago and they were like, hey, do you want this fragrance? And I was like, yes, of course. So they sent it along. I was really excited about it. We had Funmi back, I would say early fall. If you haven't heard, I actually don't know when, maybe summer. If you haven't heard the episode, uh, go back and listen. She is fantastic. And follow her, her fragrance content. I no shade. I really hate fragrance content online, and not not because we do this. I just like, I don't think it's interesting. But I think Funmi is mm-hmm. fantastic at it. Uh, she collaborated with this brand, Bella Ora. She talks about it on our episode. The scent is called Exalte. Respectfully, I didn't know what to expect. I know that Funmi only operates from a level of excellence. I had no doubts in her, but you never know when. I also don't know, and I should have done my research, and I didn't, and I'm sorry. I don't know if Bella Ora does fragrances. I know that they do skincare. I don't think fragrances is their thing, so it's like, 
You have, you know, a very educated influencer who knows what she likes, but is not a perfumer mm-hmm. working with a brand that's not a perfume brand. Like, what are we going to get? Yeah. I pulled this out of the carton last Friday, sprayed it on, and I was fucking floored. Like, I, it took my breath away. I really genuinely love this fragrance. Like, all I can say about it is that if you take the headiness and punchiness of the Fenty Parfum, but brought it back from being so earthy and teethy and brought like a really honeyed, ambery, floral, like YSL Libra into it Mm -hmm. and melded those two things together, it would be that. And I hesitate to say that because I'm, I'm worried that I'm making it sound generic because it is not, but it is sort of that like sort of same two ideas of like a really boisterous, a really bold, just amber floral, spicy, really spicy sort of vanilla moment. It is sort of like a shit on shit fragrance. Like <laughs> you, I can't decide if it's like a deconstructed scent where you get all the notes independently of each other or get them all at once. I think you get them all at once, but it sort of comes at you differently throughout the day in this really beautiful, like faceted amber diamond. God, I don't know. I just like, Sorry, I ever doubted you, Fumi Monet, the god. Like, it is fantastic. I, because of this, you know, I don't often repeat what I wear if I can help it, because there's mm-hmm. always something new to wear. I have been repeating this. I will continue to. I really, really love it. I'm so impressed with that. I can't stop talking or thinking about it. That's what I'm wearing. Wow. I don't think yes. you ever doubted Fumi. I didn't. I, I, I didn't. didn't. Yeah. I didn't hear it if you did. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. To answer my own questions, as I'm looking directly at the landing page, <laughs> Bella Aura is a skincare brand. And aside from this, perfume doesn't seem to be in their collection at all. But I will say that however they pulled this off, they really pulled Ooh. it off. It is fantastic. 10 out of yes. 10. Exalte. 10 out of 10. Exalte. Thick. Sable. Yes. What do you smell like today? So I recently purchased a couple decants off of Sensplit. Wait, you texted me about Sensplit and I just like went with it. I don't know what that is. It's this website. They have a bunch of niche perfume brands. A lot Mm -hmm. of the types of stuff you would find on like Lucky Scent. And you can buy samples in different sizes. So they have like two milliliter, five milliliter, nine or like the whole bottle. But what I think is great is that you can get like five. This is like a five milliliter bottle. And then I got like a travel size. Five, five mil is good. Yeah, you get that's, a good amount. That's essentially a comp file, right? Mm, Maybe a little smaller? A little smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think a comp file is like 15. I don't know. So I wanted to try some BDK scents and some obvious parfum scents. So I'm wearing Un Vanille from Obvious Parfums. It's It's a vanilla in case that wasn't clear. They're a French brand. They're kind of newish, I think. And their whole thing is every fragrance is just like the name of the hero note. There's Un Vanille, Un Rose. I also got Un Musk, obviously. I'm a Musk girl. So I'm wearing Mm -hmm. Un Vanille. I actually discovered these in a shop in my neighborhood. But then I was like, say, well, stop buying full ass bottles of perfume that are like over $100. Like, just stop it. So (laughs) that's why that's where the decants come in handy. And it's a very simple, soft vanilla. Like, yep. there's not a whole lot of fuss or faff about it. It's just like a mm-hmm. vanilla. But it's kind of like almost like a dry blonde wood vanilla. It's not super... Mm-hmm. Su- it's not in like the sweet, desserty direction. It's more like in a, a little bit of a woody direction, which is nice. Oh, that's nice. Okay. It's really great. Like, in fact, I don't. if I didn't know it was vanilla and I smelled it, I wouldn't automatically assume it was vanilla. But nice. it's really nice. My only thing is that it's a little transparent, so it doesn't seem to last very long on okay. skin. Cause I just, I was, I've been repeatedly spraying it on my skin all day and it's like still there, but it gets like fainter and fainter. So there's that. But I also mm-hmm. feel like they're meant to wear on the transparent side. I don't think they're meant to be super heavy. Okay. But that's my assumption. Also because I, because I bought the vanilla and musk. And musk being a naturally kind of transparent scent, like I can't really test that against like the patchouli or the rose, but but it's really mm-hmm. nice. I wish they made ten milliliters, and I would buy them from the brand, not from some like sneaky parser. Sorry, <laughs> but 
Yeah, it yeah. it does seem like it feels a little bootleg. <laughs> yeah, it feels bootleg. It seems like a quandary of ethics, but also I'm happy it exists. It's so convenient. I'm happy it exists too, but at the same time, I'm like, you get it comes in a nice little bottle, and like the label looks very like scientific, almost like Lalabo-y. Okay, and it yeah. you know just as the name, blah blah blah, rebottled. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, like I don't know what the legal ethics are about reselling in that format they have a pretty because after you put me on i looked it up and they have a pretty hefty legal disclaimer on the site so i'm sure that's their workaround but yeah i, I don't know how that i don't know how that's able to happen oh let's ask our, our lawyer friends let's ask our lawyer friends in a future episode maybe we do have a legal team maybe we're t- perhaps t- legal team yeah. tbd but see if they can get you out of jail with intent to sell <laughs> But I also thought, like, what a great way to not have to, like, resort to dupery. And honestly, that that five mil is going to last you so long. Yeah, I've already yeah. I've been spraying it on myself like several times a day and I've like barely made a dent in it. So and what is what is a five mil going to run you? It depends on the brand. But for the obvious perfumes, this one was like fifteen dollars. Nice. OK, yeah, it's not bad. Amazing. Not bad. Well, I am very excited about our guest today. I know. I feel like this has been in the making for like two years. It has really it has really been in the making for yeah. a while now. I don't know when I discovered imaginary authors. It was I think probably in like the dawn of this podcast. Perhaps mm-hmm. before we even started, I'm not sure, but certainly around that time. So probably two and a half years ago. And I've been a huge fan of imaginary authors are guests ever since. And, and I really, not that I, you know, I really mean that for those who don't know, imaginary authors has a pretty large catalog of pretty diverse fragrances, but along with them, they all have their own story written by an imaginary author. Mm-hmm. So instead of like the typical fragrance copy that you get of like this, you know, sensual fragrance has notes of rose and this and that you have a story that is written about a certain time, place, location, and person that brings a fragrance to life and like all of the elements of the fragrance into it. And it's just a whole nother way to approach fragrances and something that I think really stands on its own as a completely new idea. And I just, I really love it because we talk about fragrance and memory and storytelling and this and that, and it really does all of that in a beautiful way. And storytelling aside, the fragrances fucking rock. Like I really, <laughs> I uh, go through the discovery sets very often, and ev- each and every one of them is just like a joy to wear. Yeah, I feel like I've smelled so much of their catalog on you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do be wearing it. So <laughs> yeah, we have Josh from Imagining Authors today, and I think we should just get to it. Let's do that. My name's Josh. I'm the perfumer for Imaginary Authors. I use the word perfumer very lightly. I'm not trained. I'm just like making it up, winging it as I go, trying to figure out how to utilize all these materials so that stuff smells unique and interesting for this like pretty intense perfume market that we've got. But I also want to make stuff that's like that's really wearable and it's some, something that is craveable, something that you want to you know enjoy. Not maybe as a signature scent all the time, but Something that is really intriguing. I love that you said uh, craveable. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. 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 And yeah. I want to make perfume, you know, for just for art's sake. I mean, I think a lot of the comments on my Facebook page would say otherwise, but <laughs> never listen to the commenters. <laughs> yeah, we don't read the comments. No. Rule number one. Yep. Yeah. Great, great rule to live by. <laughs> Honestly. Josh, we always start by asking our guests, uh, what do you smell like today? Oh, yeah. Right now, I smell like the new version of Bull's Blood. We're making a new... Bull's Blood was the worst seller in the line for forever. It was always the worst mm-hmm. seller, but it was like one that was always comment about. It was it was very polarizing. People uh, loved it, hated it. I loved it when people hated it because it clearly wasn't for them, you know, but, some, mm-hmm. but so many people loved it. Anyway, there is literally not a day that goes by after two years of it being discontinued that I don't get a request for it. Wow. And um, after we redid the the soft lawn, I was like, you know, I can update this shit. I know mm-hmm. the materials a little bit better than I did 10 years ago. And um, so I think, so I like, I, I knew that the soft lawn could be better. And I was like, maybe we can remake Bull's Blood so that it's a little more eloquent, a little more brutal. And, and this is like version 26. Oh, wow. 
you mentioned that you use the term perfumer very lightly. Do you want to tell us why that is and like, and what your background in fragrance is? Yeah, I looked into taking a bunch of classes um, and it seemed like there wasn't a lot of them. Um, there's a couple of schools in France. There's more schools now than there was mm-hmm. when I started. And I just don't feel trained. Like, I don't feel like I can, I can say, uh, you know, with confidence that I know what like a nose or a perfumer nose. So I simply don't. I haven't gone to school for it. So mm-hmm. when I started making perfume, I was like, I'm just going to sit in the basement and see what I can, men- you know, what I can make. Mm-hmm. I spent a year, like I like saved up and I just decided I was like never going to answer my phone, make like new goals. Like if I, in my head, I was like, if I sell two bottles a day, I can make a living at this. And then I realized like, no, 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 I'm going to need wholesale accounts to do this. Mm-hmm. I was like, I can't just have 10 wholesale. You need a lot more than 10 wholesale accounts to like have a... Right. right right and so you where did imaginary authors come into play i like just bought a whole bunch of materials from right right and started like making it up and it's not hard it's not hard Mm -hmm. at all all you do is dilute your materials and then measure by weight and take you know extensive notes i mean it's not tough it's tough to like find something that you're proud to put out and then figure out how you're going to talk about it in a way that's like engaging for the world so i made a perfume brand I made 13 fragrances and then I, I started making a perfume brand and all of the images that I wanted to use and colors, which was, which, which I saw what was happening with Leigh Labo and Byredo and Frederick Mall. <laughs> and they were all these really exciting niche houses, but they were doing something brand new in the market, which was like eliminating the celebrity, right? Eliminating mm-hmm. the flower bomb bottle and just using something yeah. lab centric. And I was like, there's no color. There's no engagement. The note lists don't make sense. I mean, I love Le Labo. You know, I mean, vetiver is an incense. Like vetiver 46 mm-hmm. is an incense perfume. Patchouli 24 is a smoke and vanilla perfume. It's crazy. So to mm-hmm. not explain that to your customers, I mean, I don't discredit them. I love that. I, I uh, actually sent Fabrice an email when I launched Imaginary Authors and said, I couldn't do this without you. He sent me the kindest response. It was so amazing. I mean, it is like really heartfelt. And so I thought if we had a really colorful, vibrant brand with stories that that explained what perfume actually smelled like in the bottle with like a very like distinctive note list that didn't that didn't have like, you know, 10 or 15 notes for top notes, then like, you know, eight notes for a middle note and 14 notes for a base. I don't know. I just thought we could ex- we could like accelerate the process for understanding. And um so I had these, I had these 13 perfumes and I had this brand that I couldn't put together. And I called over a friend of mine who was a designer and showed him the branding. And he was like, yeah, this doesn't work. And I was like, <laughs> you're here. I don't know how to do it. And he was like, I think you got to start over. And he was like, on my way over here, I thought Imaginary Authors might be a cool perfume brand. And I was like, that's amazing. We'll wrap the bottles like books. It's perfect. Let's do that. Yeah. And we spent the next like three hours just talking about how we could like make bookmarks and how we could use the storyline to make fake, fake books and, and just sort of concepted this. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I woke up and he had sent like 20 new names for perfume brands. And I was uh-huh. like, we just spent all this time. Yeah. I wasn't even woken up yet. And he had 20 new ideas. And um, now he's my business partner, and we uh, still work together today. So it's, oh, he, wow. Yeah, he, he does all the graphic design. He's done all the design for all of the bottles, and he owns part of the business. It's a, it's a, great, it's a great friendship. Nice. That's wild. I love yeah. that. It's funny that you talk about how a lot of the Barretos and the Labels are so like lab-centric and clinical, and yours mm-hmm. is so colorful. Often when I see a brand that plays with as much color as you do, it starts to become like a clanger and sort of hard on the eyes but your whole brand portfolio works so well together even though it oh, is so and i love color don't get me wrong but like yeah, yeah. you sort of throw everything in there and it really does work so you know he him or whoever is doing it is really Ashad. killing it you know yeah his name's Ashad. he's the he's the best and i really appreciate that it's really not easy it's not easy because what we're doing with imaginary authors is not not complicated it like we're not selling imaginary authors we're selling fake books that mm-hmm. are, like uh, there's a lot to take in, you know, and I think it makes a smart customer. So I think that the people that we have are 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 already ready to be engaged with something. I think it was a lot of luck that like this the concept and perfume work together so well. So much of perfume marketing is storytelling, but like 
I feel like so many traditional perfume brands are just like not very creative, like in the formats that they use storytelling. So like when I first learned about your brand, I was like, oh, that's super clever that someone would just take like the most imaginative parts of perfume and like emphasize that. Yeah. And what's I mean, interesting really, is that when yeah, when you say that you're not a perfumer, I was like, oh, this makes perfect sense because you're not affected by like the traditional perfumery uh, formats. So it's like that's how creativity happened. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who can tell me how much lemon or sandalwood to use? No yeah. one. No one can tell you that. It's also pretty important to like try to make it as as it's really easy to go full twee with what we've done. <laughs> yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we want to make it elevated. Each perfume needs to be a book title. I mean, there's so, there's so much, there's so much that goes on, you know, this goes into it. Yeah. It's intense. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Do you come up with the scents first or the titles first? I love this question and I love it because I feel so strongly about it. Um, uh, the scents have always come first, mm. except with decisions, decisions, which was a limited edition. And I had this tuberose and this idea, but I hadn't put the perfume together and I'll never do it again. We'll never do this. <laughs> Why? It's just hard to work <laughs> the other way. Like um, mm. so much perfume is less about the notes than it is about the feeling that you get when you mm. smell. Mm-hmm. Like you could have a jasmine and you know what a jasmine smells like. But then I could say you have a really springtimey fun jasmine and you're like, oh, that's so, so much different than like a heady, sensual jasmine. And that works with every scent there is. So once you have the tone and the vibe then you can start talking about the story. Most recently with In Love With Everything, I had this like raspberry accord and it didn't really come together until I saw a visual that Ashad had put together for something entirely different with this Miami vibe. And I was like, ooh, I was like, if we put some like coconutty sweetness in this, it's going to be very cool, like very, very cool. Like, I didn't have a place for it. So that's that, that was kind of a time where it worked both ways. But Ashad's not really a scent guy. And so... Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes he doesn't really have a sense of what is going to be helpful for the perfume. I think that, I think that marriage works really well for us together. So like he often will have like a different color palette in mind that I, that I, but that those like slight differences, I think make a very beautiful pair. That's so cool. I feel like in, in any creative relationship, creative partnership, a healthy balance is always, it always makes a better product. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I definitely feel that. I definitely, definitely feel that. Most recently, right. Ashad was like, because we just, because we just found a handful of bottles of the decisions. I found like what I thought was leftover juice. We need like a little bit of leftover juice in case bottles break or we have like bad atomizers so we can replace them for customers. Mm-hmm. Except, except it wasn't, it wasn't juice. It was like concentrate. And I was like, oh mm-hmm. shit, we bought, this is like, I don't know, 50 bottles or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we put them up on the website and they were gone before I woke up. Like, oh, oh my God. I'm on at 7 a.m. and I woke up at 8. It was crazy. And so recently Ashad was like, we should take that root beer note, make it with like, with like, with like, something. I was like, no, we can't, not making, it sounds so bad. What are you talking about? <laughs> I love that. I, so, I mean, Sable and I have talked a lot about your brand, sort oh. of the entire lifespan of this podcast, the two and a half years we've been on, but for maybe the uninitiated, I'm wondering how do you describe imaginary authors to someone with, with no knowledge of the brand? Um, I'm really bad at it. I'm really bad at selling the brand. I'm really bad at talking about the, you know, the elevator pitch. Most people, when I meet them, I just say, I make perfume for a living and sell it to little boutiques. That'll do it. <laughs> I mean, the truth is, it is ridiculously fun to be able to make mm-hmm. perfume. And there's like very little problems. Like, um, you know, if people are upset, usually more perfume helps save the day. It's, it's awesome. And the people that <laughs> want it generally just love it to death. It is so, so crazy to have like such incredible customers, people that, that buy it. You know, it's just, it's just sort of incredible. So I don't feel like I need to justify it to anybody, but I do. But for people that are really interested, I mean, I love talking about perfume. I love talking about the raw materials. I love perfume because I was a fan first. So mm-hmm. I had hundreds of fragrances before I got into making it myself just as a you know an obsessive Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. did you have one in particular that made you obsessed with perfume is that a tough question that's the (laughs) question the tough question for me too yeah i just did like a tour around and did and went to a bunch of retailers and that is my favorite question 
when someone is a perfume obsessive mm. because there is a, I mean, I mean, I, but there's typically like a perfume that changes your perception of what this is all about, you mm-hmm. know? Mm. I guess there's a few. I was sent a perfume. Oh my gosh, this is only happening because it's on a podcast, but it, uh, I was sent a little sample of a different company. It's a um, melon and incense perfume. Ooh. And the name of it is, oh my gosh. <laughs> no pressure. No. I like recently bought a bottle of it. My, my, I couldn't find my original sample. So I bought a big ass bottle of it. And it's, and it's like one of the very few in my bathroom. And I cannot think of the name of it. It'll come to me. Pr- That's okay. The- okay. Yeah. We can um, circle back on so, that. So, so crazy. It just was so, it blew my mind. I remember it so vividly. I was like driving from Oregon to the coast, which is, I mean, from Portland to the coast, which is an hour and a half. And I remember getting in my car. I remember being in the car. I remember getting out of the car all because of this perfume that I was smelling for the first time. And it was so different than anything I'd smelled before. So, such an epic memory. So, mm. so, so cool. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. You guys got to tell me yours. Okay, say what you got. Mine are boring. No, they're not. Donna, Karen, Cashmere Mist. Yeah, killer. Nice. And Chanel Allure. Cashmere Mist because my mom wore it. Uh-huh. And to me, it was so different than the traditional perfumes out there. I mean, like, my formative years were the late 90s, early 2000s. And, like, perfume was still, like, pretty limited. It was a lot of just, like, department store counter stuff. And to me, that was very different. Mm-hmm. And then Chanel Allure was the first perfume that was mine. It was given to me as a gift for my mom. And every time I wore it, I would get like insane compliments. Wow. So to me, I was like, this is the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think, I think mine, Sable, you've heard this a hundred times. I'm sorry, but <laughs> I also have two. I, I would be the original John Ravedos. Oh, yes. And I think you can see this through line through everything else that I like, but it's, warm and leathery and spicy and sweet and just all of these like enveloping comforting notes and i mean it was like a department store fragrance counter scent and i got it when i was like i don't know 15 and you know the counter is just an uncomfortable place for anyone to be because you're getting assaulted by these people trying to sell you something and like especially back then all of the uh, colognes were you know so hyper masculine and i it was just an intimidating world for me to be in but i found that one and i was like oh like this is why people like fragrance like this is how i'm supposed to feel about something yeah and and i i just i i still love that fragrance to this day and i think my other one is the original mark jacobs for men it's funny because i like never wear men's fragrances anymore but uh the that original mark jacobs is just so like wet and just like rainy and beautiful and I I truly don't know, but every time I I put it on, I'm like, oh, this is a smell that I will love for the rest of my life. You know, like it's so hard to describe, but I love it so much. So yes, those are mine too. (laughs) Awesome. I need to smell that Jacobs. I want to smell that wet, that wet experience. Yeah. It's so good. It's really, really good. So you've you've smelled it, right? A long, long time ago. Sure. sure. Yeah. 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 Well, you both have homework now. Yeah, I love homework. <laughs> so, okay, I, what I'm curious about is if you took the fragrance out of the imaginary author's equation, which I know like you can't do because you're a fragrance brand, but you, you, I feel like you've built this entire world around the sense with its own storytelling, literal storytelling and characters and imaginary authors and locations. And I, that is fascinating. And then when I noticed that they sort of, some of them start to weave through each other, like its own like Marvel Cinematic Universe. I am really, really inspired by that. And I really love that. I would just love to know like where that inspiration came from and how you do that for every fragrance. Well, first of all, the the stories are really meant to give you the tone and vibe and experience that you should get when you wear the perfume. Like you mm-hmm. should read the stories and think, oh, this perfume is for me during this time. Like if you want a uh, you know a cabin where you're drinking bourbon by the fire in the winter, you should try Memoirs of a Trespasser. Like it should mm. evoke all those things, and it should help you understand the experience of wearing it. And then tying them together. Initially, Shad and I argued about this because this is how I explain it to non-perfume people that that having a perfume brand is is sort of like having a bar. You have you have people's 
you have a version of a lavender perfume or you have a version of a old fashioned. Mm. Uh, and then you need to kind of create your own spin on that and make it drinkable and, and unique. And so I thought we should have the same author. And this, I guess that's what's happened over time, but like the same author for Fox and the Flower Bed is going to have a new, uh, because she's Alpine and our next perfume will be, you know, Alpine inspired. So it'll be sort of, even though the note list will be different, it'll, it'll be the same location and tone. Hmm. Violet Disguise was a plum and amber and the same author wrote Yesterday Haze, which is a big, like a, a you know, so I, I wanted to keep this like, like the, like if they have, if the, if the perfumes have the same tone, then they have the same author. Like, for instance, the same author who wrote, you know, Memoirs of a Trespasser also wrote Cape Heartache and Oh Unknown. And those are, you know, spices like Gaiac wood blended with vanilla. So Cape Heartache is pine and vanilla. Oh Unknown is black tea and vanilla. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is making sense. I love that. It's just so fun to sort of like, especially with the discovery kit, spray it on in the morning or whenever, and then read the, the story and, and sort of like place yourself in that world. Yeah, I mean... It's infinitely fun. I mean, it's even more fun to make them. I mean, it's just a, it's, yeah. Thank you for saying that. Um, As you're telling us this. Yeah. And like in my head, I was like, surely the stories come first, but now that I know it's reversed, <laughs> like, like, how do you create these kind of linear narratives if the scent is the one that comes first? Are they kind of like autobiographical and then you build them out in the narrative? Well, once you smell in love with everything. And then what I do is I like, give a shot the scent but but also like a rolodex of images and videos so that he understands like the tone mm-hmm. like i'm like it's super crazy fun it's very playful you would like wear this all day long you could wear this to a nightclub you could wear this to the beach you could wear this and then that sort of gets turned into oh it's a party vibe oh the, mm-hmm. it's it's place in florida with these notes and so that's where the stories get you know their foundation from the from the tone and vibe and spirit of how you should wear the perfume. Mm, okay. That's so cool. I think I like it better knowing that the scents come first because I feel like when I listen to interviews with songwriters and that's often the question like, does the name of the song come first or does like the music come first? And I feel like it's always so weird to me when they're like, I wanted to write a song called this, so I wrote it. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> or if I if I'm like writing an article and I had this like banger of a headline that I know was gonna go crazy with like SEO or whatever, it, it's always harder for me to write through it mm. than if I'm just like actually writing to write it and yeah. then naming it, you know? Same. Yeah. I totally feel yeah. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean I mean so 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 the naming, um so I make a perfume and then I give it to a shot and we go through we go through all of the stories and talk about it for a long time and then he'll send over 30 names and then we just like start breaking them down i think in love with everything was like like right out of the gate like that it may have been the only name we considered it was Mm -hmm. like spot on so fun right away just from that initial conversation and that's happened a couple of that's happened a couple of times but like oh unknown for instance we had i mean at a hundred names and i still don't know if we got it right it's a- <laughs> do you ever give a shot of scent and then he interprets the tone like totally differently than than what you originally interpreted oh my gosh i mean that is not acceptable so like it really has to match yeah like they really need to they really need to meld it's works where he where he has written a story and i've been like we need to adjust this and this which do you remember the first one you made the first perfume I made was Bull's Blood. I was oh. really, really into like dark, deep animalics. Like I mm-hmm. thought this was the future of perfume. Yeah. I made stuff that I like wanted to not be wearable. And then it didn't take long when I started making the brand that I thought, well, we need to make this stuff, you know, craveable. But like mm-hmm. initially I was making like really like horror based sense. I love oh, that wow. idea. <laughs> oh, it's really fun to come back to Bull's Blood. Um, yeah. And- and um, and now I'm trying to make it like you know very elegant and and still retain an, the animalic element um, so that people it's polarizing. people should fear your scent. I think. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's too I many know. scents that smell nice. I think we need some, <laughs> we need some evil scents. Like you need to make yeah, them totally. We've smelled some evil scents, yeah. and I don't know if we need any more. <laughs> oh, have, there's a have spectrum you... of evil. 
<laughs> yeah, <laughs> girlhood is the spectrum. Josh, have you? I'm, we're going to talk shit on this fragrance every quarter. Have you smelled Secretions Magnifique? From, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, that is vile. That smells ominous. Um, I don't. I don't know. It doesn't smell. It doesn't smell that interesting to me. Like it doesn't smell like I want to wear it, and it doesn't smell like semen, really. So it's like I don't really. It's not. I just it misses the mark for me on the brutal, on the interesting, mm-hmm. on the wearable. It like misses all those marks. We've said several times on this podcast that oh, semen God. smells like bleach. <laughs> Never with the guests say <laughs> I was not the first one who brought it up, so I can say that. But <laughs> do you remember the um Lady Gaga's first perfume fame? And I don't she... never smelled it. I haven't smelled it. I have not either, but I have. We spoke with he was at Cody originally, I think when they made it, Cody made it. And he was basically like the the go between between Lady Gaga and the perfumers and the creators. And she wanted it to smell like blood and cum. And obviously, like a brand like Cody is like, well, no, we have to sell this, so like it's not going to yeah. happen. <laughs> yeah. And then wasn't that's the amazing. Of- I, yeah. I love that. I want. I want to read the whole. I want to read the whole book on that. That is, like, yeah, so fascinating. But to he me. did mention they did like actual. Uh, what is it called? Like gastrotomy, chromat. I can't say that word. Yeah, GC. Yeah. Yeah, GC. There you go. On like actual human specimens. Heck yeah! <laughs> to try and get that's awesome. Thing. Yeah. Well, and she still in the campaign and like the rollout, she still said it smelled like blood and cum. Yeah, well, and so she would she I, would say that. I would die to like just see the Cote like execs reactions. Like, no, like no, we said no. Like, it was no, good, it's though. a it's a musky floral. No. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, blood, I mean, I, I don't know how it smells. It tastes like, like iron. A little metallic. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like bull's blood is the only one that we that 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 has like the 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 fantasy note um as a as a the title, you know, yeah, so it really needs to be metallic, you know, like I don't want to I don't want to trick people. I don't want people to be like, yeah, this is not bloody at all. I want people to be <laughs> like, oh, it's actually bloody, you know, yeah, yeah, but I, but I kind of like it. Wait, okay, so this is sort of leads into one of our questions, and, and one of the things I really like about your collection is there is, if not always, then usually one, like you said, fantasy note in the fragrances. And I like what, Burnt Match, Tennis Balls, I think Stardust is in In Love With Everything. How... What what are those? Like, are they a cores? Are they just an idea? Yeah, Because yeah. I, I, I love that. I just want to know. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's sort of in line with the idea of wanting the perfume experience to be a legitimate experience. I, I mean, who knows what patchouli and leather and mimosa smell like? Like, you probably have an idea about what those things smell like. But if I'm using mm-hmm. an enormous amount of an, a, a, a mimosa absolute, you're going to be like, well, that could kind of go either way, right? And so having stardust as a, as a concept which use the urban dictionary definition perhaps then oh. <laughs> yeah. i mean or, i mean i mean i mean i mean as opposed to uh, the peter pan definition that works too i love that <laughs> super special that's absolutely the stock <laughs> i mean tennis ball is very specific too it's like green and bouncy and mm-hmm. and and um and i want to unlock those memories you know mm. any way we can so like if that's the color of the label or like the visuals that we use with you know the like the cobra and the canary, for instance. Like uh, I just wanted to, I just wanted to like to really help people understand how fun perfume can be. I love mm-hmm. that. I yeah. I feel like I mean I don't know the, the the idea of authors and authorship comes through in in so much of the collection, even with what you just said with this fantasy note or notes and like unlocking a memory and sort of like hooking into that per- that bit of that person's psyche. You know, it's like. I feel like it hits on every level in a really yeah. satisfying way. It really stems from the idea of your first question of like what changed your your mind, you know, mm-hmm. like what was that clue that like and that's what I want to help people do, you know? Like mm-hmm. there's way more people that don't that don't love perfume than do love perfume. Mm-hmm. And so if they can find something that they like then and and, to, and be that like drug dealer that like hands them that thing. Oh, mm-hmm. I mean to open up someone's mind and be like, oh, you can do this. Oh, this smells way different, you know? And I think imaginary authors 
is that for a lot of people? Like once you realize there's that world mm-hmm. of, then I want to measure us to be inexpensive, to be like, you can just snag the sample sent for well under 50 bucks, mm-hmm. you know, find a handful and hopefully, you know, a couple resonate with you. For sure. I love going through your discovery sets. I've like done a full run of them a couple of times just because awesome. every I, they're all so different. And so mm-hmm. just beautiful. I'm a huge fan. So I'm trying to say. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It never gets old. It still, still like really hurts my feelings when someone says they don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that there's, there are certain types of people who are drawn to your line? That's um, an interesting question. I mean, I stopped reading the comments like <laughs> for real. Like I can't, I can't read reviews. Like mm-hmm. I don't watch YouTube videos. I can't, I mean, even if someone sends me one, they're like, I loved everything. Thank you yeah. so much. I still can't do it. Like I can't mm-hmm. do it because they're like, Mm, you know, eight out of 10. I'm like, eight? That's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, you know, it doesn't last as long as I, I was like, it does last. You know, I'm like, <laughs> just is so, I can't, I can't handle any of it. That's, uh, that actually brings me to a question that I'm almost afraid to ask, but I am curious. You said something toward the beginning of the, of the show that, you know, referenced there are, you know, perfume is a category that is overrun right now with sort of many brands and many people, big and small. But what what is your relationship and your brand's relationship with TikTok? I'm sorry to even ask that question. I'm so sick of talking about TikTok, but yeah, we know it great. can make a break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Imaginary Authors has been around for 10 years and I felt like Facebook was like a necessary evil. Like you have to have your brand on the social media accounts. Yeah. And then Instagram came around. I mean, Instagram was there when I started the brand, but it wasn't, it was like there was a switch during the last 10 years of people transitioning from Facebook to Instagram. And then when TikTok happened, when did TikTok happen? Like a year ago, two years ago? When did it like? Like 2020, I feel. Like 2019, 2020. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I hired a company to run all the social media platforms. So Mm -hmm. I don't do any social media at all anymore, Mm -hmm. really. So we have a TikTok. I've been on it one time. Fair, fair. Yeah. We both try to stay away from it as well. You, I, I try to stay away from it. Sable dabbles. I dabble. I, mean, I consume I more than I create. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, it like does a really good job of finding what you like and showing you more of that. Eerily so. Eerily. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's what advertising should be. I was just like, yeah. you could probably cut this out, but. I, we, were, we were watching like a TV show that had ads, which is so strange of an experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I love ads, but every single ad was for, was for like pharmaceutical companies. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and because I spend money on ads and I know what, how they work and who's competing for that mm-hmm. space. I'm like, this is, they're fucking more ex- like McDonald's and Coke cannot pay to be on TV because pharmaceutical companies are making so much money. That is mm-hmm. fucked. Mm-hmm. That is so messed up. I want to see yes. my clothing brands on TV. Right. You know? I want to see Slumberhouse on TV. <laughs> I don't want to see the pharmaceutical companies no. every every episode. Like right. show me the new burger that they've got at <laughs> I would rather see that. I oh always thought it was so weird that pharmaceutical companies advertise to consumers because like you need a prescription. You can't just buy a yeah. drug. <laughs> and they're like, go talk to your doctor. Oh yeah. my god! Right, and no right. one's doing. But there's. The, oh my gosh, it's so infuriating, especially after after like spending lots of money on Facebook ads. Right. Right. Oh. I mean, they find you wherever you are, which is usually on your phones. <laughs> my my Instagram targeted ads know me so well. So well. But that's I don't well. even like, I don't like, even like, find it anymore. Want, don't well, you want? Don't you want? Like, oh, you know, I I love it. Like, I'm like, oh, I need new skate goggles. Oh no, I'm such that, a sucker. I absolutely love it. But then I'm like, I don't need to be buying this shit. And yet, oops, yeah. there I go. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like when I and Sable, I'm sure this is the same for you. Like when I'm working on brand copy or whatever, and when I, when I'm looking at anything competitive to sort of like see benchmarks or examples it's like then i'll get served that and i'm like no yep. go away like show me like pink lamps i don't want to yep. i don't want to see like the, the skincare so sometimes yeah. it's like Dude, that's the only time it gets it wrong pinterest is sinister the way yeah. pinterest has my eyeballs in a fucking vice <laughs> i just scroll and it shows me everything i want to see and i'm like how do you know we did an episode oh god say well when was that in the fall oh, late summer the ice cream one 
I think it was like late summer. And that yeah. was my first intro to Imaginary Authors was your Salt and Straw collab. Oh, amazing. Okay. Yes. So with they the sent food, with the edible with the edible perfume. Yes. They mm-hmm. sent us the perfumes and a bunch of ice cream and we did like a live taste test kind of thing. Oh my gosh. How did I miss this? I'm sorry, I missed it. I, I actually don't I don't want to speak on a turn because it's I, I can't remember even last week, but like I don't know that we knew it was imaginary authors until like the end of the episode. Was I mean, that wrong? We, no, we did. Okay. We, we did. But like <laughs> I was just more like gagged about the whole like perfume you can eat aspect. Yeah. Because I was like, why isn't this everywhere? And then I'm like, I don't think most people think that's normal, but like it's just um, fun. Eat so yeah, smells. so so it was pretty, it was an honor because Tyler, who is the ice cream maker for Salt and Straw, found Imaginary Authors at Lucky Scent, thought that Imaginary Authors was an LA-based company because that's okay. where he was when he found us. And they're like three blocks from my workshop. They're like right around the corner. Okay. So it was okay. amazing. So he, so I mean, but to be found at Lucky Scent is like such an honor, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he was going through all, all, I mean, this is the best collection of perfumes. I mean, one of the best stores in the United States. Mm-hmm. Totally. So that was really cool. He reached out. He was like, here's my idea. I want a Willy Wonka scent bar wall where you can spray your ice cream because you can't smell frozen things. Mm-hmm. And so you create this entire new experience of eating if you can smell it. And you and we're missing like, you know, what is it? 70% of your taste buds or something. Yeah. And then something else happens when you eat ice cream, which is the fat molecules in the base, in the cream, cover your taste buds. So you can't taste what you're tasting after a few bites of ice cream. Oh, what? So having, yeah. So having scent <laughs> changes that experience as well. Right. So I was like, okay, this is amazing. Let's definitely try and figure this out. And so I got some essential oils that you could eat which is a thing. Mm-hmm. Of course, I didn't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think about it because I may, I don't use them that way typically, but I figured, you know, I like got a list mm-hmm. that looked them down, made some like really shitty blends, brought them in and was like, I, I just don't see this working. Yeah. And he was like, yeah. What do you think about a waffle perfume? And I was like, like easy, like caramel. No. I was like, no problem. They're so, yeah. it's so easy. And I kind of only thought like, I don't, I'm not a I'm not a um, huge gourmand lover, so I kind of thought if I'm going to make a gourmand, how fun to do a collab with this ice cream company that makes like blood sausage ice cream. They make like egg and blue cheese ice. I was like, this is a perfect pairing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they liked my idea of making waffle cone kind of woodier and smokier to really get that like crispy, you know, cookie element. It is very smoky and very caramely. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, and then, and then a year later, this was, I think, you know, just kind of as the pandemic was winding down, they got a new PR company, like a rich New York PR company, like mm-hmm. the real deal. Like, yeah, don't. that's how we got the sense. That is how we got the sense. Um, <laughs> so they're doing their job. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he pitched the idea of the, the edible perfumes again. And so he came back to me and was like, okay, let's do the edible perfumes. Can you give it another try? And something happened where I realized like, I can use flavors. I don't just need to use the essential oils, but essential oils would make them smell more perfumey. So I, I sort of like got this blend. It sort of happened in the middle. Like, you know, when you're, when you're like, wait, when you're like, are not awake yet, you're like, have woken up, but you, your body is not functioning. Mm-hmm. And so I brought day. it. And so I sort of had this epiphany and I like made all, of, I made like 30 bottles of these dilutions and brought them into like, this salt and straw executive meeting and was like, okay, here's how they'll work. And it like took the room down. It was so, so fun because Mm -hmm. just, you could just see how you could like have a citrus and a flower. I was like really excited about being able to eat a Lang Lang and Jasmine. I mean, the uh, plume of blooms is like incredible. I mean, I can't, it's so incredible and it has so much jasmine and ylang ylang in it that like, I just think that if it was, if it, if Chanel was selling it, it would be $400 for this bottle. Right, <laughs> right, right. And it's like, it's, so the application is more, anyway, anyway, so we, so, so we, we found this thing and like, and like initially I had made them like a little more challenging 
um, particularly the chocolate. And Tyler is such a sweet dude. He was like, can we make this? And I was like, you just wanted more yummy. That's it. I was like, we can make it yummier. We can make a McDonald's milkshake, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's kind of what it is. It kind of just tastes like, I mean, it smells like a McDonald's milkshake. None of them taste that great. They all kind of (laughs) taste a little bit sweet, which is a flavor molecule. So so we took all the essential oils and then they have a food scientist over there. And he was like, try using this. And I was like, oh, it just makes it so that it doesn't taste like shit. It's important. And that's great, you know? But they don't taste, it's not a flavor enhancer. It's like a, it's like literally like a smell enhancer Mm -hmm. for a frozen condiment. And that's a hard sell. Like that's a tough Mm -hmm. thing to like describe. I mean, once you hear that, like you can't smell something frozen, it's like you open up the doors. But I think even people in like all these salt and straw lines, like don't understand that concept. Mm -hmm. I took it as a challenge, a personal challenge. It's like, oh, I can't smell frozen things. Watch me. (laughs) And I was like, okay, you might be onto something. (laughs) That was such a like funny episode, but such a hell of an edit because our yeah. fucking mouths were full half the time. So it's, it was just like, oh my god, this is like mouth sounds. <laughs> and we're very sensitive about like how this sounds because we while out sometimes. We're like, as like as, lo- as long as it sounds clean, we can fuck around. Yeah. And that episode, I was like, oh my god, we're just like sucking and slurping our way through this episode, but it was fun. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, I'll send it along when we send this one too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, with the. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a salesperson for salt and straw. I don't know why I'm trying. I just want people <laughs> to understand how it works because I kind of think it's like way more fun if you, like, for instance, if you take one of the, like, I've never used it at home on ice cream. I'm just, I don't have a sweet tooth, mm-hmm. but I have like, I have them and I spray them on top of like my soda cans. Oh, nice. Interesting. Like, not, not soda, but you know, I, I buy like the LaCroix and whatnot. Yeah. And we'll spritzing sure. them on top of the soda can. Like you get the experience for the entire can of mm-hmm. it changes the whole dynamic. That's right. very interesting. Yeah. I feel like Crazy. there's definitely going to be like some new like mixologist thing where they incorporate scent into like cocktail making or something. I well, like yeah. I mean, salt and straw has, I mean, I probably shouldn't even be talking about this. Salt, salt and straw has, you know, they, they spritz it on like a couple of times. And like my experience with perfume is like, fucking go for it. Like make it, mm-hmm. you know, like do 10 sprays. Because when you're smelling it, when you're eating it, it's like you're, what you're smelling is around the, like it's what's in, it's what lands inside the cone, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Now I want ice cream. I love when he was like, you can cut this out. I wanted to be like, well, we're definitely not going to. <laughs> I know. I was like, are, are you serious or not? Yeah. Like for legal reasons, please, cl- please clarify. I'm like, I'm like, if we're getting spicy, the show is just starting. Let me I know. Clear. Yeah. No, that was, that was really. He was so cool. We're, we're going to Portland. We're going to Portland. Here we go. We'll see Claire. I really, something about them starting with the fragrance first makes me like it even more. Do you know what I mean? That makes sense when you explained it, how it's so much more difficult to make the art to the expectation rather yeah. than the other way around. Yeah. So I'm like, I oh, don't ever, God. yeah, I don't think we should be fitting me an artist, like the art to the, I- retrofitting the art to the idea, Yeah, you know, more so just like letting whatever you're doing do what it does and then, you know, put it in a box after. And it, I think it's so funny. He's like maybe the second or third person we've had on who's not like a classically trained perfumer i would say more than that honestly but yes if you are unfamiliar with imaginary authors i would say get familiar post haste i would say spend some time on the site read the stories they're really lovely they sell in a bunch of different sizes down to pretty small components pretty affordable they also have a couple discovery sets which are very worth their time i'm not you know we're not getting anything any kickback for saying this i it's just a brand that i think is really fun and i think if uh you haven't experienced it a lot of the listeners of this podcast specifically would really enjoy it so i think so i mean especially people who aren't like classical or traditional like fragrance aren't aren't drawn to traditional fragrances i think it's a really interesting creative way to approach fragrance yeah that's a great point because the the scents themselves are untraditional but they have a structure of tradition in them i don't i think that was just bullshit what i just said but i think you know what i'm trying to say like they're all unique in their own way but there is still like an oud or you know a a dry wood or an amber you know like it's there for you if you want yes exactly yeah it's It's really cool 
Also, yeah. you can eat some of them, which is neat. Well, you can <laughs> eat the ice cream fragrances. Please don't eat the perfume. You can eat the perfume that is made for the ice cream. We're not going to get out of this show without a lawsuit. <laughs> we should end it right now. <laughs> anyway. Uh, anyway, next week, depending how... Let me not. Let me not. Anyway, <laughs> follow us on our website, smellulator.live. I don't know. I, why do I every episode say follow us on our website? Like I just discovered the World Wide Web. Because we did. Hit our website. You can leave us a voice note that we could play on air and answer a question or anything else you want to tell us. There's also our extremely comfortable merch that you can grab if you would leave us five stars and review on apple podcasts and spotify that would be gorgeous you can follow us on instagram at smellylater.mp3 i'm at tiny buck and i am at sable juice and until next time we will smell, smell you later, you later.